It might be getting stale. Okay, let's make it fresh. Hello and welcome to Fresh Aesthetic, the show where we discuss topics like creativity, popular culture, self-acceptance, and more. My name is Stephen, and I'm joined by my co-host Matt. Hi Matt, and welcome to the show everyone. Let's hit it. This week we thought we'd talk about perfection, performance, and other lies we tell ourselves. Huge topic. Just diving straight in with some thoughts on perfection. So it's been a huge part of my life is um, perfectionism and trying to get things exactly right, just so. And what I've found is it tends to be this arbitrary standard that you set in your head of what things should be like. And then you try and measure everything up to that standard. And if you don't hit it, you critique yourself. You're very critical of yourself. Um, And then you can even end up holding others to that standard as well. Which the more you think about it, the more it seems completely ridiculous and also very unfair. That's kind of a a starting kickoff point. But I know that it's been a big thing for you. you. What do you think about perfectionism? How has that played a role in your life? Yeah, I've definitely been a victim of trying to get everything right. I'm probably not... People wouldn't imagine me as a perfectionist because I'm quite blasé and just gung-ho. But um, I think the way you described that Stephen was perfect, it's the it's the standards we create in our own head. To some people, those standards might be less than the best, but to that person they're everything that they're trying to achieve at that point and so I've fallen victim to that um trying to create something that um or create a reality not necessarily a project or something that I'm visualizing in a physical element but try and create my life as a reality that's perfect and if my life doesn't have x y and z if I don't have this car if I don't have um these friends if I don't have this income then my life's not perfect and um so i've certainly fall fallen trap and in, in prey into making those standards i don't know if that counts talking about you know outside just the the physical world but creating our own worlds yeah for sure and one thing i've noticed um i've noticed it kind of in culture as well that's changing with that is that we don't tend to enjoy well not so much enjoy but we don't tend to get into perfectionism like we used to because um one way that's kind of surfaced in my own life is getting back into vinyl or into it for the first time I've never actually been into it because it was around (laughs) just before kind of my time it was more like cassettes and cds when I was growing up but um so I've, I've gotten into that and it's just so interesting because you have this thing that collects dust and grime and grit and then you put it on a turntable and then a needle goes into little grooves on that disc and then if if there is dust and grime in the way then it makes crackles and pops and things but it was very interesting because the just the very act of having a physical um, album that you can hold in your hand and you pull it out of the sleeve you put it on the platter and then you move a turntable arm and you know drop that down on the on the turntable it's it's quite a therapeutic process but it's almost like it 
is very counter what we're used to because we're used to Spotify and streaming these days, yes. um, streaming services for everything and subscribing to those. But this is almost like <laughs> a flip in the opposite direction. So it's quite fascinating that that's come into fashion again, partly for nostalgia, mm. but also partly just because I think people are actually um, going away from the perfection of things like streaming and stuff like that where you don't get any artifacts i mean with spotify you get horrendous compression so it doesn't sound that great but i mean in terms of like a polished thing it's it's very slick and you can choose any track at any time so that's almost going hand in hand with a very fast culture and um hustle has been a thing side hustles um like working around the clock having very poor work home life balances um so to me these things are all kind of linked in with each other a little bit and um i would be interested to hear your thoughts on that oh yeah for sure i i also i was going to question you on that do you think that that's partially our age or do you think that all culture is like you because we've sort of grown up out of this mass consumer culture we're getting to the stage of life now um hitting our 30s and going oh look life uh, we enjoy the oddities of life a bit more we're okay with overcoming our own perfectionism do you think that younger people still are caught up in that or do you think society has in large moved on well, it's an interesting thought because um, a, a YouTuber I love, um, Peter McKinnon, he put a video out of, because um, he films in like really expensive, with really expensive gear, with red cameras, that's a brand, not a color for those who aren't into filming, <laughs> um, and he, he, he gets these incredible cinematic shots, but he put out a video doing like one video of a coffee thing that he got uh, uh, this way of brewing coffee and he did this epic cinematic video of it and then he did the same thing but kind of like for a tiktok uh, or reels on instagram generation of just very very raw and you know when you look at a, a tiktok it's not a polished thing it's just somebody filming with their phone maybe in their bedroom or maybe I don't know it's very kind of not polished mm. but it was interesting because he was just making the comparison between them and going well is it even worth it having all like because these cameras can be worth like twenty thousand dollars um and then the lenses can be worth fifteen thousand so you and that's just for a camera you know so he was just posting an interesting question and and thought around that but mm. yeah, I think that the younger generation for sure have, tw have pivoted away from perfection and having things completely perfect. And I think that could potentially be just a way of showing, I don't know, I don't know that the, yeah, yeah, maybe you have some, some thoughts about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think you're right when you said TikTok, when you talked about social media, I just thought, yeah, that's right. This generation is way more concerned about what's real than yeah, that's right. what's perfect. And I think that social media is the, the greatest analogy for that. Um, and then the part of my head was wondering about the business industry. If you, if you are the um, producer of high-end cameras, how do you compete uh, now when... 
15 years ago people were saving up to buy your cameras and now people are like oh the iphone will do you know what whatever camera i have is is more than sufficient and i read a thing recently about the dslrs you know being replaced by mirrorless but then people even posting we don't want to take a mirrorless on hol on holiday with us we don't want to take extra baggage we would rather just have um what we have in front of us right in our pockets and so it really sort of made me think we're seeing a, a seismic shift in how we capture memories how we see reality and again like you said it's moving away from perfection um, it's moving away from this polished production we're far more on the go catching memories on the go the other thing that's interesting is the obviously I'm working with furniture now and one of the th growing things that people are interested in is imperfections in furniture that they don't want stock off the shelf anymore they want something that has character and story behind it and so creating story around products is just a powerful marketing tool but it's also a powerful way to show the story of something rather than just having this straight off the factory thing i read a quote recently that said um, a great product is just a signal that there's a greater story behind it and i think that's true the ability to people are more interested in in the imperfections in the story of how things came about rather than just walking down to ikea which used to dominate the world of furniture and it's still a heavyweight but it's changing now as people are going how do i buy something that isn't in ikea how do i buy something that's not at kmart how do i buy something that's not from the warehouse how do i get something custom so yeah as a society we're moving away from this polished idea but the question there comes is perfection a self-destructive word to its own existence in in the <laughs> which is very sort of uh, philosophical but what i mean is in order to be perfect the standard becomes unreachable and so even the word perfection cannot fill, fulfill its own definition of being perfect because it's never perfect nothing's ever going to hit that goal and i think that's one of the side effects of chasing perfectionism is where does it end where do you get perfect you know you don't yeah <laughs> and you're absolutely right it's a moving target and a it's it's an ever-changing game and that's one of the many reasons why the more I've noticed it in my own life the more I've kind of been I want to say horrified at it but just realizing I guess all of that pent-up energy put into that thing of being perfect which you find out is just this arbitrary moving target mm that's just not the way that I really want to live my life. And the more I see it, the more I am frustrated at it. And I just don't like it because like you were saying before, it, to me, it doesn't resonate as being real. It resonates as being striving to reach this impossible goal that's never going to happen. And, and if you hold other people by that same standard, you just can end up isolating yourself or being completely unreasonable. Yeah. So how do you how do you overcome that then? Again, it's it's about noticing it. I think because that was it for me. Like if I hadn't, you you first got to see yourself doing it, and you've got to see the patterns come up in your life, and then once you do that, you're able to work at it. And the enneagram was the first thing that started me on that journey. Um, and some numbers are more linked to 
the the one that's called the perfectionist or um, the Enneagram number one is quite heavily linked to certain numbers and it's quite heavily linked to my number. Just recognizing it in your own life and then starting to, I guess once I, I started thinking about um, that moving target and, and just how ridiculous it was and also the amount of energy it takes to, to try and do this. And then, the, and then the times when you're not perfect and you make a mistake and you feel like trash and you're like, really? I'm going to treat myself like that over missing the target. Like mm. I'm a human being. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a machine. We all make mistakes. Is there a, a redemptive quality to perfectionism? Cause surely, and this is the other side of the coin is it does push you to, to create some great things. If you know when to stop, it causes you to not just, you know, throw, uh, like if you're hosting your guests, you don't want them to walk into a flea-ridden, mangy room, you know. You want to have standards. And, and so how can redemptive be productive? Well, there's lots of good things that happen when people are in unideal circumstances. That's what happens in the first half of life when you're striving away, trying to please people and reach a goal and show your worth and do all these things. I don't know what you're talking about. You d- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, you do accomplish some really good things, right? Like, yep. of course, if you're working your butt off um, to a really high standard, you're going to accomplish great things. But it's not sustainable and it's not a healthy way to live. And I mean, our, our bodies and our, like us as humans, we're, we're very resilient and we're able to um, do this stuff for years and years and years, but it does take its toll over time. Yes. And eventually leads to probably burnout, I guess, or just being a, a wreck on the floor or something like that. I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I could imagine myself, if I stayed on that path, what that would look like in the future. You know, when you start to see warning signs cropping up and you're like, oh, okay, if I carry on doing this for 20 years, I'm not going to be in a good place. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 right. I just I just found it really interesting that story you were telling me about um, the wood you use for your business and how you deliberately ask for wood with more knots and um, imperfections in it, and they are quite shocked about that when you're buying your wood. And I just thought that was quite a quite a cool story. It just shows really that there's quite a lot of beauty in imperfection. And that imperfection is quite, it's a reflection of life on earth, the way things are. There's just something about it that I think shows the character. And we were talking last week about trying to get rid of suffering out of our lives. Like if we had the option as humans, we'd probably just push the delete button on suffering and remove it from our lives. And we'd probably do the same thing with imperfections. That's right. And we have done for a long time. Like you look at the way that Photoshop has dominated the industry in terms of modeling or just even advertising in general you know let's get rid of blemishes on people and it's so easy to do it it's so easy to just clone stamp it out yeah or shrink in parts you want to be smaller and just yes anything like that is it's just crazy how saturated 
the market was with that and i think that people are kind of moving away from that now yeah well i'd hope so i saw a thing recently where they were talking about um certain brands will only use models that have not been photoshopped um which i thought was great and there was some pros and cons to that but um i just thought good on you for taking a risk in an industry where nobody wants to take the risk and everybody's just uh, putting photoshopped models on their clothes and everything and um, it, it's uh, it's just making a fake presentation of what to be human is and then the other thing I wanted to come back to and what you said there was about the wood that I was using I couldn't miss the opportunity to share a little bit of a promo for my business but <laughs> I um, every podcast remember every podcast so I actually would speak to this guy in Hamilton who does some metal work and I had been trying to find lampshades for ages and so I messaged him and I said, I'm trying to find metal lampshades. Would you know where I could get them from? And he said, I can make one for you if you want. I said, okay, well, how much is that going to cost? We talked about pricing and I was just like, this isn't going to work. You know, um, I'm trying to get this, again, this perfect image of what a lampshade is in my head. Because I used to do blacksmithing when I was younger in high school. And so there was this process that I did where I, I got sheets of metal and beat them into a bowl shape. And I said, can you beat a piece of metal into a lampshade by hand for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I was like, dude. This is actually not only uh, sustainable and cost-effective, but how cool to have a lampshade that's beaten by hand. Um, and so he sent me this this one up. It's got all these dent marks where he's beaten it with a hammer, and it's perfectly sculpted into this sort of um, unique item. And I just thought, this is fascinating. So the next thing I said is, okay, well, the thing is, it looks great, but is it going to rust? And he's like, uh, yeah, we can put some treatment on it, but it will rust over time. And I was thinking, how do we get around this? Then I have some pipe here that doesn't have a coating on it and it rusts as well. And so I got thinking about art. I was like, what if I could make something that wasn't just a, con a consumer product, but it was art. And so I want to read you the product description of the lamp that I created. And it's called the Iron Relic Lamp. And I think it's perfect for our conversation as well as for your living room. So you can buy that. Um, <laughs> It's uh, the iron relic lamp is more than meets the eye. This is a living piece of art that is designed to morph into a relic over time. The hand-beaten metal lampshade made by Mike has an authentic shape and smooth finish that is designed to develop light surface thrust. The metal used in construction is also uncoated steel and iron. This gives the lamp a unique texture that weathers with age. The idea behind the lamp is to make a symbolic statement regarding mass-produced consumerism. The human drive to upgrade and dispose of outdated items not only accelerates global waste and pollution, but fails to give the lasting happiness we chase. The lamp is a stunning reminder that the shine will gradually wear off. Consumerism is cheap happiness. But being content with what we have is an endless gift. Unlike mass-produced, poor-quality gimmicks, this lamp is a powerful statement in supporting New Zealand craftsmen who literally screwed, beat, and wired this into existence. It truly is one of a kind. So there was a bit of, uh, you know, how can we create a story around this? But the idea is that this lamp actually is supposed to rust. 
it's made to deteriorate. Yeah. We have so got it wrong with chasing the shine in life, chasing perfectionism, thinking it's going to make us happy, our ideals of what the perfect family is, the perfect body is, the perfect health is. And if we can just learn to be grateful. And so I made a lamp that says all that. <laughs> <laughs> and the irony is you have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to avoid consumerism, you have to buy it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, no, that was really cool, though. And it reminds me of um, symbols on drum kits, the hand-hammered ones. Um, they're right. actually... Somebody actually does hand hammer them. But yeah, that's that's a really, really great stuff you brought out about being thankful and um, how we're... You kind of... If you are a perfectionist, you just walk around consistently disappointed in life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's that saying, I'll probably get it wrong, but I think it goes something along the lines of happiness is reality minus your expectations. So you can end up in the deficit there if your expectations are greater than what reality is and then you're unhappy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that gap in between. Yeah, especially even now at this time, it is so important to be thankful. It's It feels like a wet blanket sometimes, you know, telling somebody or getting told to be thankful. What are you thankful for? It's <laughs> like, ugh, I'm not thankful. Just leave me alone. Sounds like my kids. Yeah. When you do practice that, it it really does do something in you changing your perspective and changing your mindset. One way that I've kind of, I guess, avoided it in myself is just embracing trolling myself with being imperfect. I'll give an example of that. A game I really love, Texas Hold'em Poker. I played it at a local club once and the way they dealt the cards there was just absolutely abysmal. I was used to watching tournaments on online and in the way that the professional dealers deal them like you're supposed to but these these people down at the club they were just like flick off the next card it would be like flying across the table and it's just like what is the shambles but the more i go about life and realize what a failed mission perfectionism is and what a ridiculous goal the more i just embrace trolling myself with things like that like deliberately being imperfect or just like imperfect to my standards so that i um i can just laugh at myself and i think it's important to laugh at yourself and realize oh hey that story that i tell myself that i have to be perfect in order to be loved and if i screw up then no one's gonna like me oh that's that's just something i was doing to buy acceptance and right I don't have to do that. I'm inherently good. Yeah. How much do you put yourself out there when you are being perfection-minded just to get that attention? How much of it is about the approval versus the thing you're making? That's right. Yeah. And then you lose the joy in what you're doing as well half the time because you're so worried about it being exactly the way that you had it in your head. Like you you, you were saying with the lampshade, like you had a goal in your head so resonate with that having a goal in my head of the way I want something to turn out and then I just can't quite get it to that place but I think there is some art in that and and that's kind of a lot of the way that art is formed is either making a mistake that's an interesting thing where you have an accident when you're making something you know you're composing a song or something or doing some art and you accidentally put this big glob of paint somewhere that you didn't mean to it's like you can go 
hang on a minute. I could be really upset and frustrated at this, or I could be like, well, no one else is doing this. Maybe this is quite cool. That's right. And that's the the point of difference, isn't it? I think um, being able to be okay with mistakes and work them in your life is the maturity that I think we should all be aiming for, that mistakes are not there to hold us back, but they're actually there to accelerate the journey of life. They're there to help us if we can face them with the right attitude. Um, And it brings into the the question, um, perfectionism. Um, my kid's screaming out right now. And yeah. I don't know what to do. It's all good. We'll embrace it as, as part of this. The, the imperfect. <laughs> yeah. And I had to let my cat, cat in earlier. And yeah, now I saw it wants your to cat go walking out. through before. <laughs> yeah. um, it's but, all part of it. Yeah. I, it brings in the next question, which is uh, redefining perfectionism. What if perfectionism is less about having a goal in our head and achieving it? And what if we could redefine perfectionism to be more about embracing the mistakes and bringing good out of them? And so the perfect life isn't one that is, you know, the poster of what it means to have a perfect life. But the perfect life is one that you you address mistakes, that you overcome, uh, that you that you suffer, that things go wrong, and you have a good attitude. What if that is the new perfection? Yeah, wow. Wow, that's that's profound. And who would have thought that perfection would include suffering? Yeah. <laughs> it's always got... Isn't that right, though? Like, if you look at flowers, uh, you know, just a na- natural example here, no flower is the same. They've all come through their own journey. They're all different, and I love that. Isn't that supposed to be us? It's about stopping that performance and putting yourself out there like you're a, a show and you're not happy until someone else tells you you're happy. That's one one thing that's really helped me is somebody told me, you've actually just got to make yourself happy first before yeah. looking for other people to make you happy and or their opinions of you to make you happy. Yeah, absolutely. So then, and I wonder that for myself as well, like um, the first half of life that you talked about, the time where you're just trying to impress people, the time that you're trying to make, people happy um and then you realize that this sort of crux of life this midlife crisis where you realize that you don't have to anymore you don't have to chase that you're free you're free in that moment to enjoy the journey and the process rather than trying to get to the end result so for you having been on that journey what would you say to people who are in that place of perfectionism they're still trying to please everyone um, they know they're there, but they don't know how to get past it and out of it. Well, at first, when you started saying that, I was like, oh, that's, that's if, if someone's in that, it's almost, you can't tell them anything because they're not going to listen. They they want that affection and or it's unconscious. Then they're, they're not conscious of what they're doing, which means it's extremely difficult to break that. But um, if you're like you said, if they were actually conscious of it and weren't sure how to get out of it. I don't know, like, it is a process, like, it takes years to sometimes unwind these stories we tell ourselves, and realize the harm that they're doing to us, and also how kind of ridiculous they were to begin with. It does take time to to work through that stuff, so I would probably just say be kind to yourself through it. You can always be your own friend, and be kind when you go through things, and go, well, I can't really 
um, make other people be nice to me, but I can always be nice to myself. I can rely on myself to be kind to myself. Yeah, that's good. I think people need to hear that, eh? Yeah, well, it, it's just, I mean, like we've been saying, the society that we've grown up in, it just, it values the wrong thing sometimes. And for a while there, it was photoshopping everything. It was telling you that certain bodies were bad, like you had to be skinny and like it was it was sending out all these messages and conditioning us to think certain things i think people are rebelling against that and you can see that in the trends that come forward yeah yeah exactly it, just, it kind of it kind of blew my mind when some of these crazy trends came into graphic design like like before those trends it would have i never would have put something like off center and just all over the place but then all these crazy trends came through where it was fashionable to have the most ridiculous fonts on your pictures it was fashionable to have things just all over the show yeah so yeah yeah, it's just interesting it's uh, interesting in the world of writing as well i've been following this thing talking about the evolution of the english language in how it's always evolving and uh, of course English is an incredibly expressive language and all languages will be different but in uh, modern writing Jamie's been reading these Enid Blyton books that's what it is and um, <laughs> his language has changed you know it's gone back about 50 years and uh, <laughs> he said this word I, I, I can't remember what it was it's on the tip of my tongue but I just remember thinking, we don't use that word anymore. Language has moved on, language has changed. And even our language and the way we write is becoming more imperfect and improper. The way we're expressing ourselves. Uh, and of course, emojis was the expression of that, that you can actually just, big ad agencies are using emojis in their advertising. They're moving away from this stoic way of communicating and it's becoming expressive. It's becoming, I don't want to say informal because that's not the right one. They're embracing mistakes. I just think it's a huge difference how the journey of language evolves with that as well. And we're seeing that imperfection, that celebrating of messiness come into that as well. Uh, In business as well, in advertising, huge changes in the design industry i think it's happening i think it's a maturity to get to that point i wonder if some of the embracing of perfectionism was accentuated with the birth of the internet and technology the birth of graphic design suddenly we could create things and they had to be perfect we lost the play and now we're getting the play back yeah well we suddenly had all these tools at our disposal to be able to do that to be able to take out the flaws and we're like ooh, i've been wanting to take out these flaws for for years yeah <laughs> you know take take a photo of yourself as your profile picture and you just get rid of some pimples or whatever it's, oh yeah bro yeah it's it's very tempting to do those kinds of things but um yeah yeah you're absolutely right and and we do still try like it's not like we just give up and put out terrible art or don't even bother trying with anything you know you're still doing your best but yeah. i think what we're saying is not telling yourself that story anymore that if you do make a mistake that you're you're a mistake or that you're 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 somehow not as good yep yep just kind of unraveling those those unhealthy stories there yeah did you have a quote that you were gonna read yeah yeah i'd love to read this and this is probably more a throwback to what i was talking about of the redemptive side of perfectionism we have all heard that no two snowflakes are alike 
Each snowflake takes the perfect form for the maximum efficiency and effectiveness for its journey. And while the universal force of gravity gives them a shared destination, the expansive space in the air gives each snowflake the opportunity to take their own path. They are on the same journey, but each takes a different path. Along this gravity-driven journey, some snowflakes collide and damage each other, some collide and join together, some are influenced by wind. There are so many transitions and changes that take place along the journey of the snowflake. But no matter what the transition, the snowflake always finds itself perfectly shaped for its journey. I find parallels in nature to be beautiful reflection of grand orchestration. One of the, these parallels is of snowflakes and us. We too are all headed in the same direction. We are all driven by universal force to the same destination. We are all individuals taking journeys and along our own journey. We sometimes bump into each other, we cross paths, we become altered, we take different physical forms. But at all times, we too are 100% perfectly imperfect. At every given moment, we are absolutely perfect for what is required for our journey. I'm not perfect for your journey, and you're not perfect for my journey, but I'm perfect for my journey and you're perfect for your journey. We're heading to the same place. We're taking different routes, but we're both exactly perfect the way we are. Think of what understanding this great orchestration could mean for relationships. Imagine interacting with others, knowing that they too each share this parallel with the snowflake. Like you, they are headed to the same place and no matter what they may appear like to you, they have taken the perfect form for their journey. How strong our relationships would be if we could see and respect that we are all perfectly imperfect for our journey. And that's by Steve Maraboli from Life, The Truth and Being Free. That was beautiful. So in reflection on that, how has being imperfect impacted your journey and how has that been an area of transformation for you? Something you mentioned earlier, when you don't have to be perfect and you take that expectation off others as well, I think that's been transformational and I think that's how Annette ties into this text here. Especially at this time when we're trying to impose our perfection on others, I think this has been my lesson of we're all on a journey. It's changed my life to realize that it's okay for people to be different than me. It's okay for people to hold different beliefs than me. That's just been from seeing my own mess, seeing my imperfection and not imposing my standards on others. It's a very freeing thing. Oh, thank you for sharing that. It's, um, it's really good. Uh, I've been impacted by this and just it's 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 always good to have that continual reminder that that i don't have to be perfect that i can make mistakes if people do love me for being perfect well then they weren't worth having as friends yeah because i'm gonna we're gonna let people down even if you nail it for your the whole of your 20s there'll they'll come a time <laughs> your time is coming where you make something imperfect Thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you like the podcast, please consider leaving a review and following the show on Instagram. 
The support means a lot and is super helpful for the algorithms. All original music is by me, Stephen Garten. And thanks as always to my co-host Matt Goodat for the chats. Alright, I'll see you all in the next one. Keep it fresh.